Hi, this is Deadeye Dave welcoming you to the Real Blood Podcast Network. Each Saturday, you will hear a new episode of either Reasonably Real, which is our general movie podcast, or The Cast That Drips Blood, which is our horror-focused show. On Monday, we have Reasonably Newsworthy, which is our new show where we talk about the releases that you might be interested in on DVD Tuesday. We have a rotating cast of hosts, and we definitely aren't afraid to chat. So kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page in the show description and our letterbox profiles as well. If you are interested in supporting the show, telling your friends about us is the best way to make the show expand. If you are interested in supporting us monetarily, our podcasting host Anchor allows you to do that through their website, and every dollar is appreciated, but never expected. Thank you so much for your continued support, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Reasonably Real. This is Deadite Dave, and joining with me today is Jigsaw Jody. How are you doing this morning? I'm very grateful and appreciative to accept this on behalf of myself (laughs) to attend this podcast this morning. Yes, very, very formal, very classy. I will try and keep my uh, disses to the Academy at an all-time low as as if there was any episode they would care about, it would be this one. (laughs) And I'd like to thank our producer, Deadeye Dave. Yes, yes. Yes, of course. <laughs> no, I, um, so, you know, we're, we're all excited, honestly, um, to do these. I, this is one of my favorite episodes of the year. I think it's really fun. Um, I like to do our predictions a little bit earlier. We all have our brackets we do with friends and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, but I like to do a really early look at our predictions for, um, what the Academy Award um, winners are going to be. I think it's fun to do that way, so you have a little bit less of the outside buzz to go off of to where you... It, it gives you a bit of an advantage. This, to me, gives you kind of an equal playing field across the board. Everyone's does, going off of, hey, this is some movies that got buzz or that I liked or speculation. Or, you know, that's not a word, but <laughs> of uh, you know some of the stuff that the Oscars are doing. So, um, you know, it, it'll be a good time. So, unfortunately, um, some of our uh, co-hosts could not make it. I will also read off their picks as well as ours. Um, but before we do that, Jigsaw Jody, what have you been watching? Okay, pretty active week. I got some documentaries in um, that I've been kind of saving to wait to see if they got nominated. And now that they didn't, I just kind of blitzing through them. But uh, I watched... Uh, well, I watched Joe Bob, uh, Black Roses and Frankenhooker, and I love when something like Black Roses happens because I have no memory of that even being in video stores. So I, I this is my first knowledge of it. So I was pretty pretty excited about it, and uh, I thought it was pretty rad and pretty hilarious. And um, we it was we were was- supposed to be done, but well, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I was just gonna say I was a bit I was a bit worried that you wouldn't like this one because I know you're. You're not quite as much into the heavy metal horror, um, but this is more hard rock horror, I would say, uh, into that territory. So I was I was a little concerned that you wouldn't care for it, but I'm glad you did for sure. Oh yeah. Um. So I love that. I got really excited. It's like Black Roses. I've never even heard of this. And then uh, we were supposed to be finished, but we were playing Friday Night Magic, and it's supposed to be done by nine. And I was going to leave straight from there and go home and watch Joe Bob, but I had to kind of start it on my phone. 
and I got a whole bunch of people like like because they saw that opening scene and it was like, oh, we got to find this movie and watch. And I'm like, and that's my plug to get everybody like, hey, Shutter's only like five bucks a month. So, you know, there's no reason not to have it. If you're all saying you're horror fans, it's five bucks a month and there's a little, just tons and tons of cool stuff. Um, I went and saw Jackass Forever. I did a Jackass binge over the last two two weeks, just rewatching all of them. I love them all. Um, they go right to my funny bone. It's my sense of humor entirely. But I've seen Jackass Forever in the theater twice now. I uh, loved it. Um, I watched the documentary on Val Kilmer called Val. Uh, just, you know, he, he's had throat cancer, so he has one of those voice modulator things. So that's why he, he doesn't really act anymore. But um just he, he he it's like footage from his personal camcorder that he bought back in 1983. So there's like old like behind the scenes stuff with like Sean Penn and Kevin Bacon and um just and then the best part of all is he wrote Val wrote the dialogue for the documentary and his son reads it for him. So it was just and then he's bonding with his son throughout the movie and I just loved it so much. Um, that sounds absolutely phenomenal. Where can I watch this at? Uh, that was uh prime. Excellent. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try that one. And watched uh Summer of Soul, a fantastic documentary on music. Um, that as Miles my, my, just spoiled now, probably my prediction to win the best documentary award this year. Um, watched Happy Little Trees, the Bob Ross movie or happy little accidents or whatever it's called. Um, again, like Bob Ross, like pop culture icon, but I knew nothing about the man. So that documentary was, was pretty good because it helped me uh, learn a bunch of things. It was like, not, it doesn't get anywhere near the camp level of Tiger King, but it kind of has like this, I don't know, maybe it's just a requirement for all these Netflix documentaries, but like, there's like this behind the scenes, Phantom Menace kind of villain, like a Carol Baskin in it. So, uh, Annette Kowalski and like just the way that everybody like talks about her, like, Oh, almost like a Jeffrey Epstein kind of thing. Uh, they're like, Oh, we don't want to talk about that. So, um, I watched flea last night, absolutely devastating and heartbreaking, but like victorious all the same. Um, we'll be talking about that. It's, it's, uh, unprecedented nominated for documentary feature, international feature and animated feature. Um, so, We'll be talking about that, and then that's it for me. I'll turn it over to you, Dave. All right, sounds good. I definitely watched a good couple of films. Like you, I binge-watched the Jackass series. I talked about those a little bit last week. And it all culminated into Jackass Forever, of which is my favorite movie of the year. I loved this movie. I think it's the best of the group. Um, it was great to see... Um, them back together and some new faces the guy zach <laughs> he fit right in <laughs> he really did he just he even looked like someone who's been in jackass for a few years he even had the missing teeth and everything going for him and uh it was just it was wonderful um very fun all of the the sketches were great um you know, it, it opens up with uh, full frontal nudity, so you may want to <laughs> you may want to uh, steer clear if you're offended by that type of thing, um, for sure. Like there's there's we've had a lot of walkouts from the movie um, at the movie theater, 
Um, so, you know, just as many people love it, don't get me wrong, it's doing extremely well. Um, but, um, you know, we, we get some people that are pretty offended by it. But it is what it is. You should know what you're getting into by now, though, with the Jackass series. Right. Um, you know, but I, I loved it. Everything about it was great. And um, I, I really do think the Silence of the Lambs bit was the greatest thing they've ever done. That was I was rolling at that. <laughs> yeah that was so good <laughs> yeah there's just some really really clever stuff they did here so uh, i give it a 10 and um you know in my review i put i feel like i need to defend the fact that i gave this a 10 out of 10 because of the type of movie that it is but at the end of the day um i felt better after watching it it achieved everything it wanted to i laughed the entire time there was not one single sketch that i thought didn't have me laughing or smiling or having a good time with so um, to me, it fulfilled everything it was going for. And that, that to me is a, is a 10 out of 10. That, that fits the criteria. Um, so uh, there we go. There's that one. And then I watched uh, Moonfall. I, I do apologize, Jody. I did not like this one uh, quite as much as, as you did. Um, um, not anything against, against it. I actually see the appeal. Uh, we definitely had quite a few people who liked it coming out of the theater. I wanted it to be more goofball than it was. I think it took itself more seriously than it should have. Um, especially given that I just didn't think the movie was nearly as smart as it thought it was. Um, scientifically, it was pretty dumb, um, which is not why you come to this movie. I agree. That's why I think there shouldn't have been 40 minutes of its runtime dedicated to building this shitty story. Um, that for the most part was about as throwaway as humanly possible. Um, that I was just bored to tears with. Um, there was moments of it that I thought were really fun. Um, you know, I, I was having occasional moments, so that's why it's a three instead of like lower. Cause I, I didn't, I didn't, I liked it less than the three I gave it, um, for sure. Um, this was just not something that I recommend, uh, personally. Uh, I could see some people liking this. Maybe if you rent it, bring it home, some popcorn on a, on a, you know, after weekend afternoon, got nothing to do. There's a lot worse movies you could watch, most of which reside somewhere in the Netflix category, um, which this movie seems primed for. Um, but, you know, it, it just just ain't it. Death on the Nile. Have you seen this one yet, Jody? Not yet. Uh, going today, actually. Oh, OK. I'm surprised this isn't one of your cinema club movies. Um, is it, it, it's pretty good. Um, I would really recommend checking it out. Obviously, you are. But to everyone out there. It's good. It's crowd pleaser. You know, it's it's got romance. It's got uh, mystery elements. It's got a good story. It's got some fun, some uh, not not too gory or anything like that. It's got everything you're kind of looking for with these uh, types of uh, drama thrillers. So I, I think it'll be a crowd pleaser, man. I, I gave it a seven. I, I was close to giving it an eight. I will say it took me a little bit to get into it. The first 10 minutes is a weird ep or like prologue that I thought was strange that eventually made sense as the movie went on and the tone kind of caught me over. It just kind of surprised me because it's uh, definitely a bit more goofy than I thought it would be. Like it definitely plays into that a little bit and uh, kind of it's campy nature. Um, but it is what it is. And, and eventually it turns into a really strong film. Watched uh, Black Roses and Frankenhooker. Uh, seen those a couple times now. Uh, Black Roses is awesome. That's a, that's some, rock and roll horror. Uh, I definitely like black roses, lots of creatures. I think this is more like creature feature type stuff than it is hard rock horror or anything like that, but it definitely has those elements. And, um, 
of course, uh, Frankenhooker is one of those movies um, that shouldn't work as well as it does. And anytime you say that name, title to anybody, um, you get the look. You know what I mean, Jody? I do. You get that. Really? You watch that look and it's uh, it, it is good. You just have to have to watch it and see why. Um, it definitely makes a lot of sense. It's not what I would call tasteful, but it's not tasteless. Uh, <laughs> really don't know know um, how else to describe that one. Uh, That's pretty pretty accurate. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Um, so it, it's got something to say. It's a really entertaining movie. It's not nearly as exploitative as you may think it is. Um, and I agree with a friend of the show, Greg, um, who kind of said that that uh, I do believe it was Greg anyway, who said that um, a lot of it was due to the the lead performance um in the role and um you know she was she is wonderful am i correct in that assumption was that great oh uh you know i don't know I, I do believe it was it's okay um but yeah so i and i agree with that statement though because um you know that it, it just she's wonderful in this movie and she really sells it um definitely one of the most iconic parts of this uh, finished up the uh, Severin folk horror movie set, All Your Haunts Be Ours, um, uh, with Pandas Fen and Robin Redbreast. Um, two 1970s era, um, really artsy uh, folk horror movies. I kind of wish they would have switched this disc with another one, because these are two really great movies. But, you know, your ending kind of, to me... And maybe it was to subvert expectations. And ending to me is is your climax, your your big deal, right? These movies are much more subdued, um, very very theological, um, and not what I expected as your uh, closing disc for it. But both were great, so maybe that's just the reason. They're like, let me throw two of some of the best movies in the set at the end because they were really wonderful. Uh, both of which are 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 really good movies, striking visuals wonderful theology and ideas and um yeah really really good stuff um and i watched a shutter original movie called i blame society i watched that um this morning and i was kind of expecting to throw this on as something to to put on while i was getting ready for the podcast i had a couple things to get together ended up having to delay that just a little bit because i was super into this movie um it, it's good i liked it it's not a perfect movie but it's definitely got a comedy horror tinge and style to it that I liked. It, it was entertaining. Um, I don't think everyone's going to like this. Um, I think some people are going to be turned away from some of its um, ideas and, and stuff like that. But I, I do think it's a good movie overall and definitely worth checking out. And last but not least, Jody, you know how I like when, when, I, when I get a movie that I become obsessed with, right? This is right. it. This is All it. right. Blood for Dracula. It's Blood for Dracula, um, Andy Warhol, um, starring Udo Kier as none other than uh, Dracula himself. And my lands, is this movie wild? Um, it starts a bit slow. And um, it's got, you know, Udo Kier as Dracula. And he's got an assistant who's very strange. The performances here are mostly bad honestly but it feels totally intentional i think that was the intention um they're wooden a little awkward but it it really feeds to the 
comedy tone of this movie in a way. It feels like a road trip movie where everything goes wrong. And it's weird. Um, so basically, uh, Dracula goes um, to search for his virgin bride, um, which is uh, something that, you know, happens um, throughout a lot of these um, Dracula movies. But the difference is here, the tone is very strange, very offbeat and com comedic almost. Um, so instead, he finds um, some people that are, kind of far from uh, virgins. Um, and when he bites them, he um, has these absolute strange manic, I'm talking Nick Cage over the top episodes. Like if you ever wanted to see Udo Kier, take it to 11. Uh, you're, you get it here. Uh, this nice. was not only that, um, it's got plenty of uh, Technicolor blood. So you got your bright red blood. It's got plenty of um, great, wonderful sets. Um, it does have some nudity, so if you don't like that sort of stuff, uh, but that's honestly par for the course. Uh, vampire tales are very much drenched in the sensuality of the idea of vampirism. Um, so it, it is what it is. And, but this movie is just artistic as all get out. Um, just uh, the 4K transfer, if you have a nice 4K set, I promise you, you will absolutely be blown away by the visuals of this movie i think it's one of the most uniquely shot movies i've ever seen um this is wonderful uh it's directed by paul morrissey uh this is my first movie from the director i'd ever seen uh flesh for frankenstein's coming next and i absolutely cannot be any more impressed with this movie so nice. uh, it is a nine out of ten for me um, very close to a ten I, the, the only thing keeping me back is is I think some of the performances could have been better. Like even with that, the fact that it's intentional, like when you, if you watch this movie, which I, I do recommend to you, Jody, it will, you will know exactly what I mean. Like these performances are really bad. I mean, they put some low budget independent to shame. It felt at times like Ar Argento's Dracula. Like I think Argento's Dracula ripped this off. At least this movie's entertaining and has a good performance somewhere, while Argento's Dracula did not. Oh, heinous. But the performances rival that at times. Like, they're awful. <laughs> but other than that, this movie is wonderful. Um, so it gets a 9 out of 10. And, and again, I hate to make that comparison, because one movie is so bad. Like, I, I gave it a, like a 3. So they're very different movies. Um, but it is what it is. So, all right. Uh, that is all I've been watching, though. Uh, so we'll be right back after this brief intermission. We'll be talking about our Oscar predictions. Welcome back to the show. We're going to be talking about the Oscars of 2022 or the movies of 2021, kind of. Although, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, stuff like Tragedy of Macbeth is arguably not a movie of last year. But we've crossed that bridge, haven't we? We have, we have. Uh, so at this point, it'd be just be treading water that we've already went over. Let's just, uh, I, I, you know, this year I'm not in the mood to get mad about it. You know what I mean? Let's get excited. We don't get a whole lot to get excited for anymore. And that's what Pig taught me, which was snubbed. But again, not going to get too much into things <laughs> I'm mad about. Um, but we don't, we don't have a whole lot to look forward to these days. 
So let's just be excited about the Academy That's Awards. Right. And uh, I am. There's some good movies on these lists. And some not so good ones, and we'll get into those. <laughs> starting off with the category makeup and hairstyling, we've got Coming to America, starting off hot with a movie that I don't think is good. Uh, Cruella, Dune, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and House of Gucci. What is your choice for what will win? Uh, I think Eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, Jessica Chastain was transformed several times with several different, like, you know, face prosthetics and hairstyle and, and you know of course tammy Faye, tammy Faye's makeup was notoriously crazy so um yeah so that's uh, i went with eyes of tammy Faye. all right heck yeah I, I get that for sure um i think that was that's the one i want to win i kind of think cruella will win i don't think disney's going to win a whole lot this year um so i think this is probably where they're going to try and slide in some awards. You know how they do their makeup awards sometimes. And I think this may be a time for it. Although I'd be happily mistaken with the eyes of Tammy Faye, as I think that would be neck and neck with this one. It's kind of a crapshoot. House of Gucci's close um, too. I think that's in the running, but I don't know that they're going to go that direction. And, you know, Cruella has the release advantage. Yeah, true. Um, so everybody's seen Cruella. Like, you know, it was true. on Disney Plus. It was in theaters for, you know, several weeks. And, yeah. of course, Tammy Faye had a very, very small release. Yeah, I was lucky to get a screener for this movie, actually. Um, I remember. And uh, that, that was that was good. Uh, I was glad to see it. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have seen it in time. Um, it's It's been, uh, you know, kind of a small release, like you'd said. So I agree. I think it does have that advantage. But at the same time, I think it's such a good movie that it may just win it over. And they may be wanting to give the award, um, depending on what happens later in the show. Um, so we'll get into that later. Uh, so we have film editing up next. We have Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, The Power of the Dog, Tick, Tick, Boom. And uh, what do you think is going to win this one, buddy? Uh, I put I went really heavy for now on Dune for the technical nomination. So I went with Dune. Yep, I, I 100% agree. I, I think it should and will win this category. Um, I, I agree with you. Um, I think it'll get a lot of technical awards. I don't see it having a chance at winning Best Picture. Um, but I do think they're going to give it a lot of these types of awards because, frankly, it has it coming. I mean, as far as film editing, I think this movie is the best of the bunch. I would say Don't Look Up is a close second for me. Um, the ones I've seen, I still need to watch The Power of the Dog. Um, but it, it's got some strong editing as well, um, putting it together. But it is what it is. So moving on, we've got Visual Effects, Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die, uh, Shang-Chi, and Spider-Man, No Way Home. Uh, which one do you got? I had, Once again, I went with Dune. Yep, 100%. I don't think yeah. you're going to get any disagreements on this one. Uh, I don't see it not getting the award frankly um this one would be a snub in my opinion if it went to anything else although i think spider-man would be the next closest one if they wanted to throw a bone to the best-selling movie of the year and probably the thing that that uh helped push the uh the uh theatrical uh business uh, along through 2022 that movie did gangbusters my lands um either way uh moving on we got original score don't look up Dune, Encanto, 
Parallel Mothers and the Power of the Dog. What you got? Three for three. I got Dune again. Dune. Yep, so do I. I think we all voted Dune on all three of these categories, actually. We did. So that's pretty nice. Uh, I, I agree. I, I just don't... I think the score here is just wonderful. I think they'll give it to them. It's got the name brand. It's got a fairly large blockbuster. It got a big release. You know, like you said, the release advantage. I think this has... Um, over quite a few of these, but um, you know, it is what it is. I think it'll be, I think it'll win though. All right, so live action short film Alakachu, uh, Take and Run, The Dress, The Long Goodbye, On My Mind, and Please Hold. What do you have? Well, for these three shorts categories, uh, well, actually, I changed one, but I just rolled a, a dice. <laughs> Because uh, yeah. I don't know absolutely anything, so my dice landed on the number one for this one, so it was uh, Alakachu Take and Run. Yeah, the only reason I, I like like typical, the only reason I chose this one is that's the only one I've heard of of the bunch. <laughs> so generally, that's a good sign, and I don't always lose this category playing that strategy. So, mm -hmm. so um, you know, chances are if you heard of it and you haven't heard of the other ones, maybe that's because of the. Uh, the hypes on that movie. So um, similar to that, I did on this next one uh, with animated short film. Affairs of the... Uh, by the way, yeah, I, I chose Take and Run. Uh, so we got all of everyone but Steve who voted for The Long Goodbye on live action short. Animated short film, we have Affairs of the Art, Bestia, uh, Box Ballot, uh, Robin Robin, and The Windshield Wiper. We were all over the place on this one, but where were you at? Well, I rolled a two for this one, so I went with Bestia. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's the way to go. That's the only one that popped up to me as a name I recognized, so I went with that one. Um, Caleb chose Affairs of the Art. Uh, Steve went after Robin. Robin and the windshield wiper was Mike. These right categories on. are kind of a crapshoot, usually. Yeah. Um, anyway, even even if you've seen all of them, it's hard to tell which one they're going to go for, usually. It really is. It really is. Um, but it's usually on, maybe like they have an upcoming movie. Uh, maybe they, they have a lot of hype as a director for upcoming projects, stuff like that. Sometimes they get awards, it seems, based off of. Uh, so we'll kind of see. Well, with animated short film especially, you can usually get this one because usually there's a short film before one of their future yeah. <laughs> films. And that gets nominated for an Oscar every mm -hmm. year too. So but this year there isn't one. So it's kind of weird too because like um I don't know. Yeah, it just seems odd. Either way, uh this category is best sound because they um I think it was last year they they merged the two. They um, did. and the nominees were Belfast, Dune, No Time to Die, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. And uh, what did you get? Uh, once again, had to go with Dune. Yep. Yeah, same here. I, everyone voted Dune on this one. So um, I, I think, I agree. I think Dune will definitely get quite a few of these nods here. Um, so I just don't think there's much else to cover on that one. So moving on. Costume design. We have Cruella, Serrano, Dune, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. What do you have? I went back and forth on this one. This one was really 50-50 for me. I ended up with Nightmare Alley because over Cruella, 
which I almost put and may end up putting up by the time the final day comes. But uh, I just really appreciate that Nightmare Alley has different, like, t- not like time periods as in like, you know, it jumps from the, you know, the 1920s to the 1980s or something like that. But it's jumping like situations. So you have yeah. all these like creative costumes for the carnival part of the film. Mm-hmm. And then for the noir part of the film, they're all in kind of like fit, like a completely fancy, like different suits. set. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I appreciated that the costume designer had to create basically not one whole wardrobe for a film, but two. So that's why I ended up going with Nightmare Alley. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I would agree. I, I think, again, this is kind of a, um, I think there's really two in the running here. Um, you got Cruella and Nightmare Alley, in my opinion. The only reason I edged Cruella over Nightmare Alley is because typically the Academy chooses for a costume design a movie about costume design. And that is what this movie is about. Um, Very true. So that is the only thing that edged this over for me over Nightmare Alley. I think Nightmare Alley was better and I think it had better costuming. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a roll of the dice Yahtzee cup type situation with this one. It just kind of, again, it's, it's hard telling because it depends on the, the, who they give the awards to later on in the show. Oftentimes, you know, if uh, nightmare alley gets snubbed on everything and doesn't get much of anything, then I think there's a good shot. It'll get costume design, something like that to throw it a bone because it's a great movie and the Academy does like Guillermo. Um, but if Cruella doesn't get anything, similar story. So, um, but I, I think just based on, on its merits, either one of those really has it coming. They're both pretty good. And then, uh, Mike went after Dune. I could definitely see why there's some extravagant costuming, uh, some wonderful oh, yeah. stuff in that movie. Um, you know, I loved a lot of it. So I, I think that one's a very strong film. I just, the only reason I don't consider it as a, as a good shot and this category is I think it'll win so many of the uh, uh, technical awards up until this point, uh, which we've covered. So next up is cinematography. We have Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy Macbeth, and West Side Story. What do you have and why? Gosh, I stared at this category. I'm like, these are all five. Yeah, it's the even hardest West one. <laughs> yeah, even West Side Story, which I don't think it, I'm not going to say it sucks at all whatsoever or say it's a bad film. It's just not for me. Um, but Tragedy of Macbeth, man, I was entirely captivated. Like at the, just everything about like the cinematography, the way the camera moved, mm. the, the, just the, bl- the black and white, like the, like the sharp, contrasts uh, everything it was just awesome so 100 uh, i went with Macbeth, but like dune cinematography is incredible nightmare alley is incredible power of the dog wow yeah. that has some fantastic i just like i don't know which one to pick but i ended up with going with Macbeth. it's pretty hard hard for sure and the power of the dog i think is a good shot i just think it's going to win a couple of the heavy hitters and i don't think tragedy Macbeth will unfortunately no so I, I think that that's probably what edges this category for me. Um, I agree with you, though. The Tragedy of Macbeth is great. And another thing that get, get puts this one over Dune for me 
is how much of the special effects, and it's not Dune's fault, it's part of what makes that movie great, but it's such a combination of the wonderful visual effects and technical elements mixed with the cinematography that really makes this good, while the tragedy of Macbeth is so much uh, dependent on its practical effects and locations, as well as straight traditional cinematography, which is usually what gets these awards. Um, So that is why I'm getting Tragedy of Macbeth. But like you said, it it really could be any of these. I I think the only two that it probably won't go to, but totally could, is Nightmare Alley and West Side Story. Right. And they both have it coming. But I think The Power of the Dog could get it. I think that's probably the one we may be wrong about. You know, we may uh, see more of that than we think. Um, Dune and Tragedy of Macbeth all have. It's a Yahtzee Cup on that one for sure. Uh, production design is up next. We got Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. What do you got and why? Uh, I got Nightmare Alley again. Uh, same, same reason as the cost of design. You have almost like two films in Nightmare Alley. And, yeah. and they're so different from each other. So you're having, the again, these you know carnival sets and things like that. And then you have your you know, like New York city kind of a place. I forget what city it is, but, um, but just, you you know, your aristocratic, like rich people, like, like these beautiful, like houses and apartments and things like that. Um, so you basically like the production designers had like double duty for that. And so that's why I picked it. All right. Yeah. I agree with this one. And I honestly think this one probably has it coming the most of the bunch. You're, you're right. The, the sets are extravagant, big, and I do think this is the one where the Academy will recognize how many different production and sets they had to come up with. He's a master of his craft at this stuff. Had using uh, really good locations and uh, working with probably a lower budget than some of these movies had to work with. If I had to guess by its pretty limited um you know, promotion and stuff like that. I'm wondering if this wasn't a more low budget affair um, from Del Toro. Um, But all that considered and thrown in here, I think it goes to Nightmare Alley. Um, So next up, this is going to be a tough one. (laughs) Director. It always is a tough one, especially now, because you can't go with the golden rule (laughs) of director and best picture. The two best films just split and they give them to the two Two uh, different ones. <laughs> you can't go off of that now because they don't they don't do that one very often anymore. Right. So we have director Kenneth Branagh uh, from Belfast, Ryosuke Hamaguchi uh, for Drive My Car, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Jane Champion. Um, I'm probably butchering half of these names. Um, the Power of the Dog and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. What do you got and why? Um. I went with Jane Campion. She has three wins already. And um, as much as I'd love to see Paul Thomas Anderson finally get it, uh, he's one of my absolute favorite filmmakers. But, uh, you know, shout out to Steven Spielberg for being the first person to get this nomination in six different decades. But uh, I do think it is it will boil down to Paul Thomas Anderson or Jane Campion. And I went with Jane. All right. Yeah, I, th- I think um, that movie has a good shot. I-, I agree with you. I think the awards are pointing in that direction. Um, so if we were looking at it based on the data we have, that would be a good choice. 
Uh, Steven Spielberg, you can never throw him out. He's the Meryl Streep of the Academy Awards. He's going to show up in director just about any chance he has, and he always has a chance to win based on his name. Mm-hmm. But I'm well. I'm going out on a limb on this one. I think it's Paul Thomas Anderson. The reason why is I think Jane Campion has a lot of a career left, right? I think she's got a long time, uh, you know, to make Oscars in the future. Paul Thomas Anderson's been making a lot of movies. And I think this, by the word of mouth I'm hearing on this movie, it's is, is it's one of his better movies. Oh, yeah. If he doesn't win the Academy Award for Best Director here, he may never get one. So I, that's the reason why I went with Licorice Pizza and Paul Thomas Anderson. I think they may just give it to him on this one. Because like I said, yeah. I, I think I think this may be his shot. And they, I'm sure they want to because he's made so many great movies that are so well revered by the film industry as well as uh, film fans at large. So that's my reasoning. Am I crazy? You're not crazy. No, you're not crazy. Um, it's almost kind of like Leonardo DiCaprio for The Revenant. Yeah, I agree. Like if he didn't win that, he probably wasn't going to win one. Yeah, so... Yeah. Now I could be so wrong. I can definitely see that. No, I, and I would be happy to be wrong to and, and lose this category to you guys. <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, PT. And, I mean, I've loved him since Boogie Nights, and then Mag, I went and saw Magnolia in the theater, yep. and I was just enthralled. Yeah. And you know, then like Punch Drunk Love, we walked like a bunch of us walked Great out because right? it was Adam Sam. Yeah, it's fantastic, and I was so hyped, and I was like, that sucked. But because everybody expected it, you know, a wedding singer or, yeah. you know, because it was Sandler and it was his kind of first serious movie. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson's awesome. Uh, so yeah. I, I would like to see him win this award. Um, but I also think he will. Based if on anybody could get me excited for like a early 1900s dressmaker film. You know, Phantom Thread, of course. Oh, yes, like, it'd yeah. Be, it'd be it'd be PT Anderson. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. On paper, I think that's the worst movie of all time. Just the sound of it. like, oh my god, that sounds so boring. But it's just it was just cat. No, it wasn't great at all. movie. Wonderful yeah. movie. So, all right, we're gonna start getting into the heavy hitters here, uh, which we we really have been. Don't get me wrong, um, but I figured I needed to uh, bring in the attention. So we have. Actress in a leading role. And the nominees are Jessica Chastain in The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers, uh, Nicole Kidman being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart in Spencer. What do you got and why? Well, okay, so you may recall a comment I made a few episodes ago where, like, I watched being the Ricardos and I said like Nicole Kidman was awesome, but not Jessica Chastain. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but she's the trend winner. So for, for today I had to go with that and I, I chose Nicole Kidman. Even like when, I don't know if you watched the Oscar announcements live. I did not. Uh, but like they like, that's like everybody said their predictions and everybody said Nicole Kidman. So, huh? Yeah. Okay. So she, yeah. she so, to, but to me though, like Jessica Chastain's performance was the best of the year. But for that kind of like like extreme kind of performance, Olivia Colman should not be ignored either. And Olivia Colman's pulled an upset before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you remember totally that for sure. the favorite? Yeah. I do. 
Um, her performance. Although I thought she was daughter. going to win the favorite too. Um, that that was one of the few that I got right that year. <laughs> yeah. No. That. But. 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 And, and and she was amazing in that. But that was definitely considered an upset that year. Yeah. Um. I think even she she was so shocked herself. So, but yeah, no, she has a really powerful understated performance in The Lost Daughter. So if I were looking at an understated performance, I definitely would go with Olivia Coleman. And if I'm looking at an over-the-top performance, it's Jessica Chastain. But you have Nicole Kidman, who is both of those things. Absolutely. As Lucille Ball. I get that for sure. And, and I uh, hope people stop crapping on Kristen Stewart all the time. I do too. Because she's great. And Robert Pattinson is great. And everybody's going to see that in Batman in a couple weeks. So Spencer is my favorite of these, actually. Um, so Christian Stewart and Spencer is my favorite of these performances. And probably my right favorite on. movie of the, of the group here. But, um, and that's the one Caleb went after. Um, both Steve and Mike agree with you on Nicole Kidman. I'm surprised because... I never thought dad would be able to bring itself to him. He hates Nicole Kidman. I think it's because she gets <laughs> naked so much um, in yeah. her movies, probably. But uh, he hates her. I don't know what it is. Um, but uh, Jessica Chastain is my pick for uh, Eyes of Tammy Faye. So I just went with my heart on this one. You know, I probably shouldn't, but I did. And so that's where it's going. I, I just this seems like an Oscar performance. Uh, being the Ricardos, I think, has a good shot. If we're looking at the performance, I think they're both really good. I think all of these ladies are great. I think the only one that's probably not going to get anything is Penelope Cruz. I just don't see it happening. She dropped in this category out of nowhere. So Yeah, I just I thought that was kind of a strange inclusion. Um, but she took, although you might be happy because she took Lady Gaga's place. Yeah, I'm happy about that for sure. Um, <laughs> But the only thing that I could think of that would keep being the Ricardos from being up there is I really haven't heard a whole lot of good things about this movie um, as a film. Now, Nicole Kidman is unanimously a good part of that, but sometimes a bad movie around it does hurt the chances for for an sure. actress in a leading role. Um, so if people don't like the movie, maybe they can't look past that. So that's kind of why I went with The Eyes of Tammy Faye, because it's both a good movie. Um, that I really liked, as well as uh, Chastain in a wonderful performance. I'm going to go back and catch up, though, real, just real briefly. Um, I forgot. There's a lot to keep up with with these lists. Uh, so costume design, um, Steve, David went after Cruella, Dune was Mike, and Nightmare Alley was Jody and Caleb. Cinematography was uh, Dune, uh, had Steve and Mike wanting Dune. Um, the Tragedy of Macbeth was Jody, me, and Caleb. Um, then production design was All Nightmare Alley director we had paul thomas anderson which me caleb and mike went after uh jane campion was uh was you jody and steven spielberg uh steve voted for and then actress in a leading role um had nicole kidman um steve mike and you with nicole kidman caleb with Kristen stewart jessica chastine is me sorry i wanted to go back and uh go and uh, get those in there <laughs> so uh actor in a leading role we have Javier Bardem being the Ricardos. Benedict Cumberbatch, even though I spelled it wrong on this list, um, as the power <laughs> of the dog. Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom. Will Smith in King Richard and Denzel Washington in The Tragedy of Macbeth. What did you choose and why? 
you know, that could be something you could sell to Bath and Body Works. That would the be be- the, be- the Benedict Cumberbath. <laughs> that would, I would love that. Maybe, maybe I should start a uh, independent soap company and have my scent called Benedict Cumberbath. <laughs> oh, I love it. But I went with Denzel. Um, yeah. for, for, for now. Um, it was between Denzel and Benedict, honestly. Yeah, um, I agree. So, but uh, we'll have to see how things start unfolding. But um, Denzel, I voted for for Fences. Yeah. That year. And then he lost to, I think, uh, Eddie Redmayne, I think. I yeah, and uh, the, the Danish girl, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... I agree. Denzel Washington is my pick as well. So uh, Jody, David, and Caleb had Denzel in the Tragedy of Macbeth. And Steve and Mike went after Benedict Coverbath in The Power of the Dog. <laughs> and um, the reason being uh, kind of similar. Uh, he's been around the Oscars a long time, um, been nominated a lot. I just think this is probably the type of movie that if he's going to get one, it's probably here. Um, the wonderful performance. He was great. Um, a very inoffensive movie. I haven't heard a bad thing about this movie. So I don't think anyone's going to be pissed off, you know, about this winning. I don't think anyone will be mad about Benedict either. Um, I just, I don't know. Denzel, if, if you put a gun to my head and told me which one, I'm going to say um, it's going to be Denzel. Just a gone gut feeling. So that's what I'm going off of. <laughs> Either way, um, again, I'm probably crazy for that. Um, so next up, we got our original screenplay. We have Belfast, uh, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and the Worst Person in the World. What do you have and why? Well, I don't think it's going to win Best Picture. A little bit of spoiler for my my later picks, but Licorice Pizza, and I said this, it's the type of film that makes me want to be alive. And so I went with Licorice Pizza for original screenplay. I love the story. Love the story. I love the dialogue between the two leads. Um, I'm really glad it's not up against and it's kind of a snub, but uh, Aaron Sorkin's being the Ricardo screenplay, which has gotten a lot of nominations so far. Uh, it's hard to bet against Sorkin, but now I don't have to, so I can go uh, with Licorice Pizza. <laughs> very, very fair. Um, I agree. I just think this one uh, has the writing on the wall with it. Uh, Licorice Pizza has gotten a ton of hype um, coming out of um, festivals and its theatrical run. I just I, I don't see another movie, especially any of the ones on here, beating it personally. It, it just I think I think it's in a class among these movies. Um, the rest of them on here. Uh, Steve has Belfast. Uh, on this list, which I could I could truthfully see, um, uh, they would be the only other one that I think has a shot um, to win this award. Um, they could easily do it because it really it hasn't gotten a whole lot of love, and it's been one of the more hyped movies of the year. Um, so I, I think it has a shot. But my my choice is Licorice Pizza, and uh, so all of us agreed except for Steve, who went after Belfast. All right, adapted screenplay. Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, 
The Lost Daughter and the Power of the Dog. What do you have and why? Uh, for this one, I have Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog. Yes. Why you got that for? Well, uh, well, as soon as I found out it was a book, <laughs> like literally with the end credits, I was like, okay, I checked for our library immediately to see if they had it. Yeah. Because um, I want to read the book. And um, I don't know. For me, The Lost Daughter was kind of just boring. Like, um, Dune, though, I like I almost put Dune as well, because if there's anything that deserves it, it's Dune. Because from what I understand, that novel is almost unadaptable. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a tone. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's kind of like why I'm like I might end up switching to that by by come Oscar night. But for today and for our purposes, I went with Power of the Dog because it is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, my my reasoning is about exactly the same. I think it's really between Dune and the Power of the Dog. Um, Drive My Car has a chance too. I've heard really good things about that movie. Um, so you can't really keep it out. Code is really good. And unfortunately, I just don't think it's got a chance here. Um, and like I said, I haven't heard a ton about The Lost Daughter. That's That's been above like seven talk, you know, where it's a pretty good movie. Um, I would think Dune is the one I think should win. Again, because of the degree of difficulty, you're right. The novel is really hard to adapt. So it'd be a shame for it to lose this category when he did such a good job adapting it. But I think The Power of the Dog probably will win it. It just is more of the Academy-type movie, if that makes any yeah, sense. So sure. that, that's why I went with it. And, uh, yeah, good stuff. So this one was a bit split. So you had Steve, Caleb, and Mike that went after Dune, and me and you went after The Power of the Dog. Right on. Uh, next up, we have animated feature film. We have Encanto, Flea. Luca, the Mitchells versus the Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. What do you have and why? Well, Flea deserves this. But th I'll talk about this two other more times, but I'll kind of like give my main point on it here. Flea's get, Flea's, votes for Flea are going to get split three ways. Because people are going to say, well, do I vote for it for an animated feature? Do I vote for it for uh, documentary? Or do I vote for it for international? Crap, you're right. So, I didn't even think of that. Otherwise, I would have picked Flea. If it, Flea had only been in the animated category, then yeah, I probably would have won it because it deserves it. Even though I would probably be wrong, it is probably going to lose to Encanto, which is my pick. Um, everybody loves those songs. That's the fr you know the Frozen, not quite, but almost. What's weird? Uh, it, it did in a second run. Like when this movie originally came out, it wasn't terribly popular. And I loved it. I thought it was great. And then, then TikTokers got a hold of it once it hit Disney Plus, and now it's big. <laughs> yeah. Now everyone thinks it's great. Yeah. Which I we think is my sister. We were at my sister in law's, and it was like the fourth time she had watched it. So she just had it on because she loves watching it. So, uh, yeah. So I'm going with Encanto. And don't get me wrong, Encanto is a wonderful film. I think it is absolutely deserving of its praise i'm not making fun of it i'm just i just find it funny how how uh popularity uh works these days <laughs> it just cracks I, me up i haven't seen mitchell's versus the machines yet but all of these are awesome sauce yeah Every um, single one of these yeah i agree I, I have seen the mitchell's versus the machines i watched it it's a netflix original i didn't like it actually i didn't, I didn't like it a ton there's a lot of people that do though there's some very diehard people that are in this movie 
I can mm-hmm. see why. Um, I I think it. I, I I don't think there's a movie out of it except for Luca. There's just Encanto and Raya. I, I think are kind of the same umbrella company. I, I just don't see that one hitting it. And I'm sorry. I know that's probably your favorite of the bunch, um, but I just don't. I don't see it happening. Um, but no, I, I I truly don't either. Flea is it for me. Uh, everyone else voted for Encanto. Uh, Flea. Uh, everything I've heard about this movie, and I can't wait to watch it, has been really good. Um, it's got a message to it. It's got documentary stuff to it. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, this definitely seems like the type of movie they're going to give to Flea. Um, so I, 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 that's my category. Although Encanto, yeah. I think, is a great movie. And Luca and the Mitchells vs. Machines and Raya are all great movies. So this is probably the toughest animated feature category we've had in recent memory probably since we've been doing the show that i could think of because yeah. all of these are good i think the the one i scored the lowest was a seven out of this group so and that doesn't happen very often and a couple of these are nine ten territory so either way uh, moving on we have original song be alive from king richard dos Arguitas, uh and for encanto uh, down to joy belfast no time to die no time to die somehow you do you four good days uh what do you have and why and uh why is it the uh disney original song <laughs> <laughs> right right so i always say for this category don't don't bet against the whatever the disney song of the year is but then i also say it when i say this much less often because only one comes out every few years don't bet against the james bond theme song True, true. Then, to add further things into the mix, don't bet against Beyonce. Yeah, also true. So, but above all, don't bet against Disney song, which is what I did, and I voted for Dos Orguitas. I love this song, by the way. Um, yeah. This is one of my favorite songs of the year, and I'm a, I'm a metal guy. Um, you know, I now don't get me wrong, I love this type of music as well. Um, but when I was cleaning theaters, I looked forward to cleaning Encanto because I got to hear this song as it was in the tra- as it was in the credits. Love this song. Absolutely beautiful. It gives me chills every time. Um, so I, I would I would fight people basically to clean the theater to the end of this one so I could listen to the song again. So uh, and I'll never forget that. So Encanto dos uh, dos Arguitas is my uh, pick for that one, and it was everybody's. <laughs> so so that makes sense now we're at documentary feature which we have ascension ascension millennium, millennium. <laughs> you know about that yes i Corey do Feldman? angelic to the core my friend i know all about that <laughs> oh i saw him in concert even oh that was the best oh that's some good stuff right there uh but, sorry i had to Dude, if you don't know about it, listen to uh, listen to Angelic to the Core. It is the most ironically uh, bad album of all time, and it's wonderful. <laughs> it is wonderful. We have a roller coaster at Cedar Point by us called the Millennium Force, and that's why I always said it's a missed opportunity because a lot of them they have like "Baby, I'm Ready to Go" by Republica <laughs> at uh, the, one of the roller coasters. Like, oh man, so they need Ascension Millennium. Oh, on man. this ride. 
Do you agree with that statement though? It's oh, it's a terrible I album, but do. it I, is hilarious. And the music video, they did like a one one take like music video. It's pretty epic. Yeah, but I would man. I would have killed to see that concert. That that was oh, that would I'll be send fun. you some video or show you some video sometime. But yeah, <laughs> it was it was it was something. But yeah, yeah, I have I have no doubt of that one. Uh, <laughs> either way, so we have Ascension, Attica, Flea, Summer of Soul, Riding with Fire, and what do you have and why? Well. I personally think Flea is a better documentary than Summer of Soul. Although, so, like that's not a that's not a diss on Summer of Soul, but I still think as excited as I was to see Flea get three different category nominations, I think ultimately that's going to hurt it. I do too. I, I think and, after you said that, I, I regret my decision. <laughs> yeah. So I so I went back to Summer of Soul, who also has the trend data. That's yeah. that's the one that's winning so far. And I think it's probably the easiest to get uh, of yeah. these so far. Flea has a digital release that's fairly expensive. Flea, Summer Flea's on, no, Flea's on Hulu now. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh shoot. Okay, now I'm gonna watch it for sure because I I was like I want to watch it really bad. I just don't want to pay twenty dollars. Right. But okay, yeah, I'll watch it then. I got a screener for Summer of Soul and I liked it really well when I watched it. I need to watch it again. I think it's a great great documentary. Um. Love the music. I love the surrounding history of it. And I think it's so cool that this little time capsule of time um, that in a lot of ways was intentionally tried to be, you know, suppressed. And the uh, history of music has uh, been, un, you know, unearthed in beautiful form. And we get to see something like this uh, out there. Uh, I think it's really cool. So uh, Summer Soul is wonderful. Um, so I, I think it'll be Flea. Just based on hype, I've heard a lot of great things. Again, I'm not saying right or wrong. I think sometimes message movies are good and do a lot of good, I think. Um, but I do think the Oscar awards sometimes get political um, on who they choose. I think that's why Flea gets the edge uh, for me. Um, so although both movies really do have some definite uh, political highlights and Cool discussions. I think Flea probably will get the nod in this case, especially because of how original it is in its format um, of Absolutely. being a documentary. So um, me and Mike went after Flea. Uh, Summer Soul had Steve, Jody, and Caleb. Um, so definitely, definitely a tough toss up there. Um, but I like your like your ideas with that. I, I like that, um, and it kind of has me scared for my pick. <laughs> documentary short. Audible, Lead Me Home, The Queen of Basketball, Three Thongs for Benazir, uh, When We Were Bullies. There was a, two of these that I've heard of. Um, so it was between Three Wait. Songs for Benazir and Audible. And uh, I chose Audible. <laughs> it, sounded, it sounded, I'm pretty sure if you play it back, you said Three Thongs for Benazir. Did I? With TH, yes. <laughs> now that would be funny. I, I hope I did. Yes. Um, so. I, I hope you did it. If you not, if you didn't, then maybe we have a like a parody parody <laughs> That would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, um, that's what you get for having me talk so much. <laughs> yeah. I so, can't. I cheated on this. Why didn't cheat on this one? I just I actually picked without rolling the dice. I first rolled the dice and and had three songs for Benazir, but then I was like, oh wait a minute, Audible's on Netflix, so I bumped that up, oh. and it's a sports thing. And everybody likes sports, and uh, I believe it's about University of Michigan, which mm -hmm. is you know in my backyard, so like forty minutes from here. Yeah, so I've seen this one. 
Um, that's the only one I've seen of them. And then three songs for Ben is here. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard of, I don't yeah. know why or how, but it's in the back of my head somewhere. Um, so it's there. <laughs> the one that interests me the most, because I'm going to go, I'm going to an all day marathon where I'm going to watch all 15 of them at a theater, uh, in a couple weekends. But like the one that I'm excited about is the one we were bullies. Ah. It's about like, like, you know, like kids, like, like, like Re, like a reunion thing from an elementary school and they discuss like some bullying incidents and oh that's gonna be a heavy one yeah yeah so i'm so i'm excited to see that all right and I'll, audible will be fine i'm sure i'm sure it will um so we got audible as almost everyone but caleb uh, who went to lead me home and maybe he'll be led home with his picks to uh lead to victory uh with that choice um, if it comes down to the wire, uh, there's always a good shot. Foreign language film. Drive my car. Flee. The hand of God. Lunana, a yak in the classroom. And the worst person in the world. What do you have and why? Uh, easy. Drive my car. I, I don't think that's going to pull a parasite where it's going to win best picture and best foreign language film. I don't think it's going to do that. I don't think it's had enough of an audience to be able to pull that off. Yeah. There's no way it has, unfortunately. Um, Hand of God is on Netflix. Flea is now on Hulu as of Friday, but the other two are not even available for me to watch. So uh, I got to go with drive my car on this one. It's, it's made so many top 10 lists of, you know, like newspapers or magazines or websites. Uh, Obama's. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So I think that, uh, I think that'll easily pull, pull the foreign language film category. So, um, I'm sorry, Jody. And you, you're probably going to agree with this. This is my yearly, uh, plea, uh, to these film companies that need to learn something. Release your damn film so people can watch them. Seriously. Y'all are on drugs. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Just seriously, drop your film so people can see it. Some of your voters, you know, you may send them a screener, but if all they have is two weeks to catch up on all these movies, Drive My Car may not be at the top of your list, my friend. I'm sorry. It just might a not be. A three-hour Japanese film. You know? Yeah, it just may not be. So y'all really need not only for the audiences to be able to catch up. I, I just see no reason why you wouldn't capitalize on it. Because trust me, do you know how many more people read this list and want to watch Drive My Car now who'd never heard of it? Right. A lot. Release your film when these lists come out, at least by the time, if not before. I just don't understand why you would be in the running for something. Uh, because you know good and well, you campaign to get your movie out for that. Right. And there's no money sense in it either. I just don't see how you're going to make more money releasing the movie after maybe the Academy uh, Awards are even announced sometimes with these movies is when I'm able to see them. Um, I don't see how you're going to make more money when your movie could potentially lose that category and just fade into obscurity without it. I just don't understand it. I don't understand the point of holding these movies back for so long. If you're in the running, release your dang movie. Just do it. I don't, I really don't understand. (laughs) I'm right up there in that soapbox with you. Yeah. That's just one that is West side story. I know got a fairly wide release. That movie has no reason why it shouldn't be out already on streaming. No reason. It's not in most theaters anymore. Just put it out on streaming so people can watch it. I would love to. 
Um, it came I mean, out December 10th, so it's yeah. been out for two full months. Yeah, we have movies that have been out for shorter amounts of time on streaming already. Uh, I just yeah. don't get it. Same with Licorice Pizza. Just drop the movie on streaming. Because uh, trust me, that's that's twenty dollars you'll get guaranteed. I'll I'll buy that the second it hits streaming because I didn't have a chance to see it in the theater. Either way, soapbox down. Um, <laughs> uh, best foreign film. I I chose Flea. Uh, just because I've heard more hype about this movie. Um, weirdly than Drive My Car, and I know there's a lot of top ten lists uh, that have Drive My Car on it, but I do think that this movie's been very hard to find. So that was the main reason. I think Flea, at least you could rent if you're really desperate to get it. And now you say it's on Hulu. Um, but Drive My Car, I don't even know where you'd even begin to find that movie. Like I, I had no idea it got a theatrical release. I'm sure it did, probably in three cities. <laughs> I just, so I think that, that, that type of thing hurts a movie um, when you're Absolutely. getting exposure. No, so. I, I ha- there are five films on this whole list that are completely unwatchable. Yeah. Yeah, not because they're bad, but because the the companies oh, have made right, the, right, right. the intentional decision to uh, to um, hold the movie back um, until a later time. I just don't. Get yeah, it. drive my car is not anywhere near me, nor is it on any kind of availability. Luan, Lunana, the Yak in the Classroom, you can rent that. I, I guess that's technically if you have Spectrum, you can rent it. But I what? don't have Spectrum. Yeah, you have to all <laughs> only on Spectrum. Yeah. And so you have to change your world. You have to change your your TV company. Yeah. To get loot out of that's just terrible. Yeah. Same with worst worst person in the world, just unavailable. So you know, so on and so forth. But yeah, it's it's nope. I'm up there with you, and it's very frustrating. Believe me, it's very frustrating. It's been and it's been this year. Uh, this it's honestly this year's better than any of them because being the Ricardo's, really I think, is, is available. Yeah. Uh, pretty widely, The Power of the Dog's a Netflix film. Coda is an Apple TV movie. Belfast is available to rent, has been for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, these, a lot of these movies are available. So it's not, it's just kind of a culminating thing. And I say it yearly, though, because there's always movies that get hurt and lose because of this. I really do feel that way. And if they don't lose, they lose the pu- court of public opinion, which is, let's be honest, frankly, more important in the long run than an Oscar. I mean, if your movie is well-loved by the community, by the film community, they will back you up. Look at Paul Thomas Anderson. Dude's never won an Academy Award, but I can promise you all the film community loves that guy. Oh, yeah. So, just saying. Um, Of the three Andersons, he's the most consistent. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, we, we, one's very consistent, but not, not as consistently good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> so we got actor in a supporting role now that we're off of our soapbox Syrian Hines in Belfast Troy Kotzer in Coda Jesse Plemons in The Power of the Dog J.K. Simmons being the Ricardos and Cody Smith-McPhee in The Power of the Dog and what do you have and why easily uh, I have Cody Smith-McPhee if he doesn't win an Oscar for that uh, epic aggressive hula hooping then uh, I don't know who who will win an Oscar. Everyone had this one. He's easily gotten all the hype going into yeah. this season. I, I don't. I think this one's as close to a. a lot have as you, you seen the film yet? I haven't. Okay. I'm I'm going to. I keep spinning wheels because it it sounds boring as shit, and I know it's not going to be, but it it just sounds that way. 
So, well, so I thought it was too. about horses, so I spun my wheels watching it too. I, I still think it's about. It's not about horses. I mean, they. I mean, it's that time period, so they ride horses in some places, but it's okay. not about horses now. Okay. Well, I like it. It. it uh, I think so. Yeah. You'll think uh, so. I think it's pretty good. All right. Well, I'll check it out. I'll check it's, it out. It's just below licorice pizza for me. It's a really that good. Yeah. Oh damn. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then what, what what will I think of being the Ricardos? Uh, do you care about Lucille Ball at all? No. Do you care about the where like the blacklisted people in Hollywood for being communists? Uh, yes, probably. Yeah, I do. So, I do too. Like I, yeah, I think it's interesting. All, yeah. So there you go. Okay. And then uh, you're gonna have some like politics in it. You're gonna have some like like a uh, relationship. Like married couple relationship stuff. I know you liked it, but didn't love it. Yeah, I, I gave it a seven. I gave it a seven. And then Belfast. I love Belfast. I heard it was boring. It it is. They're they're both that both statements are true. I guess I guess um, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> There's a lot of movies that hit these lists that are a bit boring. <laughs> but I mean, like like technically, like it's a gorgeously shot film. It's black and white. The performances are awesome. It does. I mean, it's. I think here. Let me. Uh, it, Belfast is the number two nominated film of the year. Well, I after like po- it. after Power of the Dog. That's a real question. Well, I, well, I like this movie. Uh, I don't know, man. Because sometimes I like you surprise trauma. me. Like, if that if that gives you any help. And yes, <laughs> I did intentionally call it trauma. The the thing is. You know, I thought Spencer was some straight up like downtown Abbey shit. You thought I would so, not like, like Spencer? No, I didn't know one way or the other, but like, oh, okay. well, do you like downtown Abbey? No, I hate downtown Abbey. Yeah, okay, I love Spencer. Well, I thought it was one. Okay. They're, they're one in the same to me. Like, oh, oh, fancy. Okay. Let's meet in the parlor for tea and like, uh, well, see, I took out of Spencer, like F that, like give it a middle finger to that. And I liked mm. it. Because of that, because I think that that shit's dumb. And I like the fact that Spencer was like F now, and Princess Diane is like hero man. She's dope. Yeah, so, she was dope. So all right, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I I had to I had to clarify, and and I think it's fun for the audience, you know, to know kind of the movies they need to check out. Uh, there's a few of these that I've been spinning wheels on just because they looked boring. I, I gave <laughs> I gave Belfast an eight out of ten, and my audience clapped. Okay. So cool. I don't know if that, but it, it, it but does. The, the it whole, helps. We were the youngest people in the in the place, though. Really? Yeah. Ah, oh, shoot. So I, is there so, any yeah, genital it's, mutilation? It's, it's no, a, there's no genital mutilation. <laughs> okay. Um, there are okay. Pretty much the main character is a boy. It's basically Kenneth Branagh's a little boy. Oh, so, okay. Okay. I, I may not hate it. I'll I'll give it a watch. Okay. I'll get the watch. All right. Actress and... Oh, sorry. Um, everyone voted for uh, Cody Smith McPhee, by the way. And then uh, Drive My Car had Flea with me and Mike. And uh, Drive My Car had Steve, Jody, and Caleb. Um, so there's that. I, I don't know if you uh, noticed, but Cody Smith McPhee was the little boy in the American remake of Let the Right One In. Really? Yeah. Okay. And then he went on to be Nightcrawler. In the Bridesmaid oh, X Men yeah. sequels, yeah. So. Oh, okay. 
Cool. Yeah, he, he, he's a groovy dude. I hope he gets it. Real cool. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. I, I think I think he's a lock. So yeah, he can go ahead and start celebrating. As far as I care, or no? Yeah. All right. Actress in a supporting role: Jesse Buckley, The Lost Daughter; Ariana DeBose, uh, West Side Story; Judy Dench, Belfast; Kirsten Dunst, The Power of the Dog; Anjanu Ellis in King Richard. What do you got and why? Uh, I got to me. I think this one's kind of like a no-brainer one. I've got Ariana DeBose. Uh, as much as I didn't personally care for the film, uh, she's the easily the best thing in it, and she is fan- she's excellent. Yep, uh, that's that's what I've heard. She's getting all the hype going into this. Um, yeah, this one seems like a pretty pretty obvious one, frankly. Um, so that, that's that's the reason I chose it. It's just sometimes you look at these lists and you're like, all right, yeah, there, there's a pretty clear winner here. So uh, that that's that's with that one. Moving on. Uh, oh, by the way, everyone voted for her. <laughs> yeah so um best picture this is a pretty long list uh did they fill they all their all spots ten, they filled all 10 spots this year we've I been we've been pissed and moaning about that for how long <laughs> a long time <laughs> long time um and now we're here we got uh best picture we got a bunch of good stuff so i, I like it fill up fill up the 10 why not you know there's a lot of movies that deserve recognition we got belfast coda don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story, What Do You Got and Why? Yeah, Power of the Dog. As much as I'd be happy to be wrong and see Licorice Pizza get it, um, I almost see Belfast getting it before Licorice Pizza. But Really? Um, yeah, not in, not in my personal taste, but okay. just with with trend data and experts and things like that, um, there's a lot of lot of look love for Belfast, but I I not as much as Power of the Dog. What does trend data say about King Richard's shot at winning uh, Best Picture? Nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. All right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the power of the dog is pretty. I was definitely thinking about that one, and I really don't know how to vote for this category. It's really hard. There is a lot of movies that are pretty hyped up. Well, Belfast you being one of them. Seen maybe half of these, have you? No, I haven't. So I've seen I've seen Coda, I've seen Don't Look Up, I've seen Dune, I've seen King Richard, I've seen Nightmare Alley. So that's about half. Right? Yep, that right is about exactly there. half. Yeah. So I, I'm going to watch Belfast. Um, I'm going to watch Drive My Car. I'm going to watch Licorice Pizza and The Power of the Dog and West Side Story. So I'll see them all. And I'll probably see them yeah. all by the time awards time comes around. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's just been it's been tough, um, you know, to keep up with some of these movies. <laughs> so so um, usually, usually by now I'm in the mood to watch these. Um, now I am. Now I'm feeling like I am. But uh, before I wasn't, so it just kind of is what it is. But it is uh, what it is. It is exactly what it is. Belfast got Steve's vote. Um, like you said, it, it's it's tracking pretty well. I've heard some hype. I've heard some very dissenting opinions about this. I think the people that hate it really hate it. And I'm not exactly sure why. Um, and I'm talking like I'm not talking like the general public. They're gonna hate stuff like this sometimes just because it's boring. 
but even some like people that I know that have been tracking Oscars for years say this is one of the most boring movies they've ever seen. And um, I'm very curious about what I'm going to think of this movie. Um, I know Steve will love it for sure. No nudity? No nudity. I think it's PG-13 even. Oh, he's really going to like it. That's what that's what uh, caught him, caught, kept him from watching Trauma, um, you know, which was a great movie. So either way. And yes, I know it's Roma. <laughs> uh, you voted for Power of the Dog, and me, Caleb, and Mike all voted for Licorice Pizza. I'm just going to go for it. Screw it. I think Paul Thomas Anderson's going to win Best Director, and I think he's going to win Best Picture. I think it's happened the last... I know it happened last year, didn't it? Where I think it happened the year before. It, it's happened quite a few times recently where you get the double up stack. So I'm going Licorice Pizza, man. I'm just doing it. That's where my heart is. That's what I'm feeling. I think it'll happen. It's the absolute best, and I can't wait to see it again. I'm doing it this year. I'm going to purchase the uh, Oscar movie pass. This is probably the only way I'm going to be able to see Drive My Car, and they better get it. Uh, like the theater, <laughs> Cinemark will do like Oscar, like an Oscar pass. They'll take the Best Picture nominees and release them for like over like two weeks, and you can just buy individual tickets for five bucks, or you can buy a pass to all of them for like thirty. So I'm gonna do it this year. That sounds like a good deal, though. Yeah, I mean that's because I saw I saw Belfast back in November. Yeah. Uh, I saw Licorice Pizza day after Christmas. Um, so that's already been almost two months. And yeah, Power of the Dog we just watched like two weeks ago. But most of these I had I watched like a while like Dune Dune I watched in October. Yeah, so I need I need to rewatch all of these. Okay. And Co- Co- oh, Makota is so adorable. I love Coda. Coda's so awesome. Much. Yeah, I love that movie. I thought it was great. K- King Richard, I could probably like never watch again and not care. I think uh, quality-wise, it, it reminds me of Green Book, so I, I'm concerned that it could win Best Picture. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's a movie that I thought was fine. It's a seven. I just yeah. don't see it winning. Although, I uh, I don't know. That one pissed me off. Do you remember how mad I was about Green Book? Oh, I do. Believe me, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was red hot. That run my that run my month when that when that came down. I was mad for a good while. Now I don't take it nearly as seriously. I've learned my lesson, so it is what it is. I think it would be funny as shit now if King Richard won Best Picture. I would laugh. Uh, my, my jaw ass. would drop. My jaw would just <laughs> I'd be laughing so hard. So um, either way, uh, fun list, fun list for sure. Um, I got a lot of catching up to do, and uh, apparently a lot of naps um, coming up. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure just the Academy didn't watch, you know, The Green Knight or Pig or. Titan or Lamb. I'm pretty sure, like, uh, they just didn't. They didn't get around to those movies. See, the funny thing is, those are the movies I've seen. And I don't know right. how how crap like Don't Look Up pops up in these things. Like most people hated that movie, didn't they? I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I, I haven't been around anybody that didn't like it, but uh, the account, or I, I thought critics hated it. Is what I'm saying. Like, like, oh yeah, Letterbox people and stuff like that thought this movie was terrible. So it's just kind of oh, letterbox people definitely thought being the Ricardos was terrible. Yeah. Which generally uh, to me is like a lot of critics or aspiring critics on there. Yeah. So it just kind of surprises me that. Yeah. That There's not a whole lot of trolling going on, fortunately. Yeah. Okay. 
Fair enough. Uh, I think it's a good list. I, I think this is a pretty good list for the year. I agree. There's some big snubs. I think uh, Pig would have been nice. Uh, the Green Knight. I don't think Lamb was going to get any love. Titan's way too weird, unfortunately. Yeah. Even Although I can guarantee you it's better than a lot of those things on Best Picture. Or best Last Night in Soho. What about that? The editing and uh, production design and costume design in that, man. Hasn't the Academy snub, um, snub Edgar Wright forever, though? Yeah, I, I think Baby Baby Driver got editing for sure. But Other than that, I, I don't think he's gotten a whole lot of love from the Academy. No. Yeah, so good stuff. It is what it is. Um, let's go Lakers Pizza. You know, I, I want drop that movie, dang it. I want to watch it <laughs> real bad. Yeah. But anyway, you got anything else you want to add before we close this thing off? Got the, uh, if it's of interest, I got the top 10 highest nominated films of the year. Absolutely. Please do. Start, Please do. Starting with number 10 was Nightmare Alley. Number mm-hmm. nine, Lost Daughter. Number eight, Encanto. Number seven, Don't Look Up. Number six, King Richard. Number five, <laughs> Licorice Pizza. Number four, West Side Story. Number three, Dune. Number two, Belfast, and number one, Power of the Dog. All right. Heck yeah. And that, uh, that's from the 21, like the 21 Academies and Guilds that I tracked. Power of the Dog's getting hyped. Yeah. I feel bad for not watching that movie by now. I just don't have an excuse. Uh, <laughs> even Pops has seen that one. <laughs> All right. Either what way. Did he th- what did he think of it? He gave it an eight. Uh, he, he thought it was really good. Um, I don't think he sees it to this level that, that the Academy does, mm-hmm. um, but he definitely liked it. He thought it was a really strong film. Um, yeah, just which, try not to know anything about it other than it's not about horses. Other than it's not about horses. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> not about horses. So yeah. either way, until next time, we'll talk to you later. And that concludes our show. We hope you've really enjoyed it. If you did, don't forget to leave us a review. Find us on Facebook. But one of the most powerful ways that we can expand our audience and the show is for you to tell your friends about us. You know, if they love movies and you love movies, hopefully they love our podcast too. So we would love to hear uh, you spreading the word of our show to all of your friends. And uh, tell them about our community. If they have any questions about movies, we could save them some money on some of the bad ones and tell them what uh, maybe they should watch. Uh, But either way, until next time, we hope to see you all again.